Today is October 18th, and this is John Boy and Jake Radio. Thank you very much for tuning in. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. The Knicks teed off their season. The Rangers went to overtime once again. The playoffs continue. There's a lot of things going on. It's Thursday. We got drinking songs to kick us off. Let's let's. This is John Boy and Jake Radio. Wow. <laughs> got got. I. Let's all go to the bar. All right. Yeah, it gets me all the time. Let's talk Yanks. And then it's like, shit, I do that on almost every podcast. Sucks. What's up, everybody? Thank you very much for joining. This is the fourth test episode of John Boy and Jake Radio. If you're a Patreon listener, you've been given um, preview snippets of this. If you're if you're not a Patreon listener, you might be going back, and this is dated now. But what's up? It's October the 18th. I'm coming to you from New Jersey. I got Jake coming to you from Denver. How you doing, Jake? Oh, the players in the house say, yeah. (laughs) New opener for me. It's just me, and I can't say, I can't legally say yeah to that. Yeah. Um, They'd call me out. What's up, man? I'm I'm doing all right. It's uh, Thursday, Thirsty Thursday, getting ready for the weekend. We both, (laughs) you've been telling me all week, and I've known, but we both realized we have our fake our pretend mother-in-laws coming to town this weekend. So that's always a good time. Yeah. I'm doing like New York city stuff. Like tomorrow I'm driving to the city, spending the whole day in the city, walking across the Brooklyn bridge, going to museums, yeah. then going to a Broadway play. We're doing the Denver version of that. We're, yeah. we'll probably go into the mountains for a day, go on a hike. That Got sounds a better. Restaurant. She wants to try out. Yeah. Cause that sounds she, better than going to New York City. A, a delightful, amazing woman, but she's the kind that's like, she'll see the BuzzFeed article on a restaurant and be like, oh, we actually have to go there. Yeah. So they paid for we're, this. we're they doing paid, a lot of that stuff. They paid for this fake advertising, so let's get let's there. Let's go. Let's go. Our last night, local. We got a bunch of local stuff. New York games. The Rangers and the Capitals played reigning World uh Fucking baseball in the brain at all times. <laughs> Way- reigning Stanley Cup champions, Washington Capitals and Ovechkin. Ovechkin scored two power play goals, same exact play. But the Rangers lose in overtime. And then the Knicks teed off their season, which I know that you're interested and excited about. How'd they look? Los Knicks. Los Knicks looked incredible. Um, <laughs> they, they're playing, <laughs> they played potentially the only team that will be worse than them. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, but uh, I don't know. You hit, the Garden was going a little bit, and it's, I mean, for a first game for a new coach, uh, I mean, almost everything went perfect. Tim Hardaway had a really good game, um, looking to have a bounce-back season. Like, almost every, everything except Ron Baker playing big minutes, who <laughs> I know I know you want to talk some, some Ron Baker going, going forward in the future. Um, I don't know who that is. He's he's the white guy with the Luke Skywalker look. Oh, I don't um, like him. I don't like him. Just some looks alone. Yeah, he's uh he's tough. It's it's almost tough to not be like reversed racist cuz he's white and looks like he does. But man, he does some awful things on the court. Um So he is bad. So I'm right. Yeah, kind of and uh Knox the the main rookie didn't look great, which I guess would be the only other thing you'd put in the bad column, but uh so they have another rookie, a guy named Alonzo Trier, undrafted. Who, undrafted. Um he guy was like a big recruit and stuff. He had a weird like fake doping. Well, no, that it was doping, but it's not like a a big time drug you'd use to be doping with. It's like a it was a really weird thing. 
Anyways, he was at Arizona, and I mean, big program, and he kind of got a reputation as an offense first, and that's kind of it guy. But uh, 26 minutes, 15 points, four rebounds, his two blocks his first night, and he had like a monster dunk. So I don't know. It was it was really good excitement for the first game in the Garden. I I hate to tell people it's 99% it's all going to come crashing down, but well, kind of almost the best case scenario, like play the first game in the Garden, have a nice win, pretty much everyone plays well, and now let it just drift into the abyss. I feel like you're burying the lead here. Because I didn't see the first half. I only watched this for second half of this game. Right. But word and rumor on the internet is out that they were 0-9 from the field goal, from field goals or whatever. 0-10. 0-10. And and a fan made the half-court shot to lift the spirits, got the garden going. Yeah. Technically, the first first shot made by someone – affiliated with the Knicks this year was a fan won 10 um, grand hey do you bring pretty him not back? bad do you bring him back is he now the mascot until they lose you don't because you want the Knicks to lose this year but what if they bring him back next game and he makes the shot again it would the yeah. garden would be buzzing you're cooking with gas you're you've got a story the the players are into it it's just I mean, once he misses that first one, I, then it's it's a bad look. But, hey, I, I roll him out again, sure. No, you have to put that guy in a gym, like the Knicks security puts him in a gym, right, and just yeah. practice his half-court shot. No one knows about this. It's a secret, of course. And then pra- like until the next game, he's just shooting a million half-court shots, practicing it. They're giving him – they're paying him what he would be paying for work. Then, say the Knicks – go like oh for five to start the game or they have a tough start they're like oh intermission intermission bring this guy out he drains the half court shot again because he's been practicing the crowd would go wild bring him out every time they're struggling like a rally monkey yeah rally rally half court shot it's it's something it's not gonna happen at all what what can you tell me about the blue shirts game jim you don't think that's gonna happen if we didn't watch the blue shirts what do we need to know they're just struggling to put I know, hot take, but, like, they're doing literally everything except putting the puck in the net, right? Yeah, like, I don't think the Capitals outplayed them. I think it was a pretty even game. So many penalties. Uh, um, they traded power play goals to make it 2-2 at one point. The Rangers went up one nothing, 1-1, 2-1 caps on a power play goal. I mean, they, they just feed Ovechkin, who's insane, just beats uh, Henry Gloveside. Then the Rangers tied it up with a power play goal of their own. Um, and then they gave another power play, and Ovechkin scores again. Then they gave, them, they gave the Capitals another power play with like two minutes to play in regulation. Luckily, they, the Ovechkin didn't score then. But they played with them. I mean, I think the, the Rangers, like the Knicks, are rebuilding, and you just want to see heart and hustle and growth. And... I'm very new to be watching the Rangers and all that, but I don't think they look as terrible as everyone has been saying they're supposed to be despite the loss. They took it to overtime. They got a point for it. I wanted another shootout because that's just so stupid. But, uh, yeah, don't don't get as many penalties. And I think hockey's changed since the last time I watched, like, every game because one of the high-sticking calls is, like, that would, that would never get called 10 years ago. Sorry about it. Ovechkin's good. Hot take. Don't 
don't take a penalty and then give Ovechkin. But he's awesome. The way they run, the way the Capitals run their power play with him there, they just put him in the the glove side like slot, basically up at the top of the circle, and they just feed him. He just rifles shots. It's like yeah. a warm up drill. You know, like you have like Steph Curry in the corner, and they're just feeding him like rebound, dish it out to the post, pass it to Steph, and that's the that's the warm up drill. That's sure. what the Capitals do on the power play with Ovechkin at the top of the key. <laughs> Sounds smart to me. Sounds it like is, good coaching. It, that would be my game plan, it, I think. It is it is smart, but a lot of teams can't do it as perfectly and have that guy, that shot. Uh, you know, one goalie, I don't know who it was, one goalie just said that he he, he would need to be an octopus to save Ovechkin's shots. It's like I need Imagine. <laughs> I don't know. Octopuses don't seem that in control of their limbs to me. No, we got to do. It will be a fun day. Dude, one day, me and one of our buddies, Goop, Connor Tidge, um, dude, we just went through some of the hockey coaches' names and their actual looks, and it's a raffle fest, man. <laughs> dude, a lot of these guys are just like raffle. tough, round-looking uh, half of them look like they're booze bags. <laughs> um, I I don't know. It's a fun game. All right, we'll do it. But raffle fest. I feel like there's got to be some people that are like, what did he just say? Rolling on the floor laughing. I don't know if the young kids are using that acronym. No, anymore. we haven't we haven't used that in a while either. But it was that was the only way to describe oh, it. Raffle fest. <laughs> like literally, we were just dying. Uh, all right, let's go to national games because there's still the playoffs going on. No football. Any news from the national games? A lot of storylines from the national games. Uh, let's go. Brewers, Dodgers go first, and the the Brewers pull the biggest Houdini. I love it. I absolutely love this. I I I know that our friend Chapin has been doing this in his fantasy league. And if you don't know what we're talking about, I should tell you that first. The yeah. the Brewers started Wade Miley, a lefty pitcher. And so the Dodgers started a right-hand heavy bat or lineup. Right. And then Wade Miley went one batter, and then they pulled him and brought in Woodruff, who's a righty pitcher. So now the Brewers lineup is completely for the wrong starting pitcher. It's gamesmanship. Dodgers lineup. Dodgers lineup. lineup. It's gamesmanship at its greatest or its worst, depending on how you look at it. I've always thought they should use the DH this way. I've always thought they should put a – pitcher like yesterday's pitcher cc starts on thursday he's the dh in the lineup on if on friday and a lot of teams don't have a dh like the yankees have john carlo now but in the past five years before that they didn't have one right and i was like why don't you put the pitcher the yesterday's pitcher as the dh and then when the dh spot comes up see what you need you need a bunt go throw weight out there you need a home run go throw bird out there you need a righty you need a lefty like why why, why screw yourself by putting a DH in there unless you have Giancarlo or Big Poppy? You know what I mean? A lot of people have roving positions. And yeah. I think we may start saying this. The Brewers are doing everything that the old heads would be spinning in their graves about, like, that's dirty, blah, 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 blah. And it's not really. It's just kind of like, hey, if the nerds are allowed to change the way we look at things, then I'm allowed to change the way we do lineups. Yeah, man, and there's... There's going to be a lot coming. I, you know, not going to go on the same rants every episode. 
Dude, look at the NL box score compared to the AL box score, and it's looking like a different sport with all the guys they have playing different positions and double switches and all of that. And I know some people think that's a beautiful thing, but, dude, I, I ran through my head, like, NFL, NHL, NBA, none of the different West Coast, East Coast leagues have, like, a different rule like that. <laughs> they all play by the same rules. And it's, I mean, it just makes the game look so different. And, yeah, I mean, this is, I don't want to say tip of the iceberg because the, the one the Brewers did today is, <laughs> is pretty nerdy and it's, it's been on the cusp for a little bit. But, like, there's so much more you can do with double switches and moving out the pitcher and all of it. Um, and, man, hey, in the AL side of things, we're, we're going to see a nuts game today between Boston and Houston because Boston doesn't have any pitchers left. <laughs> they uh, literally have about two pitchers they can use for more than an inning today. And one's David Price, whose playoff track record is pretty tough. And they have Ed- Edward- Eduardo Rodriguez, um, who it has started. He was a starting pitcher. He's been in the bullpen for a while now. And he pitched yesterday. And David Price was thrown in the bullpen for a chunk last night. So, like, the NL has a situation going on where you can just do constant chess matches with all the double switches, pitchers, bench, and all of it. In the AL, Alex Cora and the Red Sox are changing the game where he is playing every card he has, and it's worked thus far, but he's putting himself in a very dangerous situation like he did in the Yankees series, and he did last night, where if they lost those games, which they were about a half inch of the barrel of the bat away from losing both, then you find yourself in a real tough spot. I mean, hey, kudos to him. It's been working so far, but... Yeah, man. And I, I before we segue to that, uh, in the Brewers-Dodgers series, I said this a couple days ago, um, all of the momentum, A, they got the good Kershaw start I talked about. Kershaw went out there, and now he's kind of thrown his playoff bugaboos out the window. and To an extent. he's. I think Katie Sharp had a great stat the other day that he's like the only starting pitcher in history with three eight-inning one-earned runners, something along those lines. Yeah, I forget he's what it not was. David Price. He's not a bust, but he, you can't depend on him still in the playoffs. He's about 50-50, good start, bad start. When in his regular season, he's about 99-1. It, it, it's funny when you start doing the next start game. If he has, like, another good start, it's almost fully bucked. But if he does have a bad one, he, he's, it's a conversation again. So you're right. Um, but look, look at all the momentum and then Milwaukee goes out and does this move, which if you're on the other team, you have to look at that as a punk move. Like, okay, you guys are going to pull your starter after one batter. Like that's know what that is. That's almost the football mentality when you run a trick play and it gets stopped and the other team says, these guys have to run trick plays to try to beat us. And then you kind of have that mentality. Like, let's just beat these guys in. And now that series is what? Is that series 3-1 as well? 3-2. Three, 3-2. Two. Three, two. They're a and game again, ahead. That's, that's right. The, the Brewers, I mean, again, if you're, if you're Milwaukee, and this is exactly what I said the other day, you had a chance to go up 3-1, and now all of a sudden you're down 3-2 after uh, a good start like that. So we'll see. I mean, it, it's not over. They're, they're going back to Milwaukee. It's also and, Puig is just a lightning rod, man. He's awesome. 
You know I can't really talk about it. The shoulder shrug dance he did that I tweeted out is bizarre. And then he hits an RBI single after that and celebrates the entire way down first. I mean, it's nothing new with Yasiel Puig, but it's... I mean, in the playoffs, everything gets amplified, and he tries to turn himself into a full-blown sex symbol. <laughs> but it's I going, think... It, it may, if it continues, it will be a 30 for 30 one day. It's very Sexy interesting Puig. how these personalities work, because when Puig first came up, everyone didn't like him. They thought he was bad for the game. They thought he was a punk. They thought he was like mean-spirited almost well, there was there was like two weeks where he was beloved beloved and then everything turned on the him. next couple of years like yes like, oh yeah. yeah but i think the more you get to know guys and it's so it's so weird because people are like well they hate manny for it but they love puig and it's it's kind of like the proofs in the pudding or whatever rises to the top or you know what i mean like it's very clear that puig doesn't have a mean-spirited bone when he's doing this shit He's just a goofball. Um, like, I don't think he's trying to piss off the other team. I don't think, I think right. it's clear it doesn't come across like that anymore. Where he's just celebrating, and he's kind of like, wait, it's incredible. We can't have every guy doing it. But I think he's proven, like, this is just who he is. Yeah, and it's become a weird thing because it's a classic case of like winning cures everything, but also just playing well. And there was a little bit there where he wasn't playing great, and it's still kind mm-hmm. of this weird thing. Like he has the tools and the ability, especially when you see it in the playoffs, to be like a thirty homer guy every year and one of the best players in the league. But it seems like he either gets lost a little bit. This year he didn't have have the games played. He was kind of on pace for it. But, um, Does he even start these games? He's always pinch hitting and then playing the rest of the game, right? I, I think if there's a righty in there, like this is this is what I've talked about on Talking Yanks all all year with the Dodgers having this crazy switchability and how Curtis Granderson got left off their roster le- last year, but they have so much lefty righty stuff going on that they can do fun stuff with Bellinger, Peterson, um, Puig. And just throughout the lineup, they they have, I think, Austin Barnes, the guy that was catching and replacing Grendel, like, he can play a little second base. Like, they just have a lot of options they can do. And, again, where baseball's at, it it gives them, especially National League, it kind of gives them a leg up right now. Yep. All right, let's pivot to the biggest story of the day on All Talk Radio. It's the home run call with Mookie Betts robbing, not robbing the wall. I haven't read like official re- reports because I'm very interested in what the official ruling is. Because from from my perspective, before this play, I thought if the ball's over the wall, it's fair game. Which that seemed to be over the wall, so the the fans can do whatever they want. They can't reach in for a ball and play. Uh, I think he definitely would have caught it. I think his glove gets closed by a fan. So I do think he would have made a fantastic catch, but I thought the fans had the right to interfere once the ball crosses the wall. But this also comes back to Jake. Go ahead. So I'm, I'm pretty sure what everyone kind of found out last night is it's almost the football rule of like the invisible line, (laughs) like the, the, the breaking the plane of the goal line. Cause normally when we've seen these plays, Jeffrey Mayer, and I don't need to go down the list, but it's a fan reaching over the wall. This was the first time because that wall is so low and Mookie's so athletic. Like (laughs) we, we were kind of in a new boundary. You don't really see for baseball. Um, 
man, it happened it's, to Judge this year in Yankee Stadium where a Yankee fan hit his glove and right. got out of the way. But I thought that was legal. But you know what it is? You know what happened was, which is what is kind of bullshit about the whole replay system. They just called whatever was called on the field. They just said we can't overturn what was called on the field. So Joe West, who's just taking a stab at it with his old eyes running down the right field line, he has no idea what he's seeing. I mean, you can try and tell me. There's like what we saw in the replays. Joe West did not see that with his eyes, and he has to make that original call. And so he's just taking a stab in the dark, and now that stab in the dark holds all the weight for the replay. Right. It's and so if stupid. He, if he called, if he called it the the other way, it doesn't get overturned either. It's like yes. it's the it's the plays people get mad about and going last reference to the NFL. If when it when you just can't tell an NFL play, you just call it what it is. There you there's no conclusive evidence. But do you so think like if there it was called be, a home run, it stays a home run? Do you think there should be uh, in the future like Joe West should be like I don't know. Let's just go find out. And then his uh, his stab in the dark coin flip call doesn't put any weight into the final decision. Uh, so there's a couple interesting things here because and I, th- I said I was done with the NFL, but I'm clearly not. But I guess they've been doing the replays for a while now. So that's why I keep going there. Um, I'll start with the <laughs> what's been the NFL's biggest struggle the past couple years, the catch rule. And. It's funny because there's there's not a perfect system, however they write it in the rule book, because however it comes out, there's shades of gray. And I mean, this would be the same thing. So I, I think what people were saying was, like in the NFL, if there's a fumble where they're not sure if a guy's down or something, the, they told the refs to let the play play out. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, then the other team can't advance it, blah, blah, blah. Um, with this, I mean... It almost doesn't apply because if you, quote-unquote, let the play play out, it would have been a homer, and then they call it that, which you can't definif- definitively say that. I, I, I mean, the part that's just brutal about this is y- you can't say either way. I don't care who you are. Even with that picture frozen in time with all the camera angles they have, you can't definitively say if it was over the fence or not. I think the... The part you can't that ball was over the fence. I mean, it was over. It was. I don't. It was over the fence. I don't know if it was past the fence. I think you I can say that it was. It was across I, that plane. A lot of people are saying that it's not. Um, I I think here's here's what it should come down to. But again, tell me how you would put this into a rule book. It's, it's it's clearly above the fence. It's it's. I'll I'll say 60-40, 70-30 if it's past the fence or not. I'm like 100% it's past the fence. I, I, and that's fine, but I'm telling you this is the whole conversation on the internet today. Um, almost almost <laughs> every Boston fan will tell you it's not. They'll say he reached over. Well, they'll tell you the fan Boston reached across the fence. Astros fans because they're clearly going to be biased. Right. I mean, there's still people that think it's not past the fence. That's the whole call Joe West made. Um, yeah, but I'm saying Joe West call holds shouldn't hold any weight because he's an old man running down the line. He can't, he can't right, see but what I'm we saying see on replay. The whole that's the whole definitive evidence. Like no one can confidently say that the ball is crossed the fence. You can't 100 percent say it like court of law style. You know what I'm saying? Sure, but so, I, I think y- like you can. If if this was convicting someone of a murder, you can't 100 percent say it was <laughs> across the fence. So. Then the conversation goes to, the, you know, Mookie Beck's making the play, whatever it is. And here's the deal. And th- this is where I think the baseball ruling should come in, is that you, we, we do this with baseball all the time, that you can't assume stuff. 
And yes, Mookie Betts is making an incredible play, and it looks like he makes that play. But if we're being honest with ourselves, he probably makes that play 90, 95% of the time from, from even the situation where it's at. There's a couple times, dude, it looks pretty similar to the George Springer at play in the earlier in the game where it goes off his glove. And so I bet George Springer would tell you I make that play 80 times out of 100. But the fact that there's any doubt and it's a ball that's heading into the stands, you kind of have to give the offense the benefit of the doubt there. So I, I think if you're Houston, that's your biggest argument and changing the rules going forward. If you can somehow put that into words, I, I think that's how you move forward. But it's, it's just tough. If, if it was called a home run by Joe West, we're talking about how it's called a home run and there'd be slight controversy that it would be fan interference. I just think that the, the biggest issue is that we let the calls on the field that are that have the least amount of um, evidence and, and, and evidence hold the most weight. Joe West right, call. But so, do, so what do you do? I think he should be able to say, I don't know. Right, but then what happens? <laughs> then you go to rule it. It's either a home run or an out. But then what happens? Or no, so Joe West says, I don't know what happens. What do the players do? Rule it as a dead ball. Just same thing as like it gets stuck in the fence, like hands up. Okay, so Joe West, Joe West puts his hands up, says, I don't know. Yeah. They go to replay. What happens then? I think I would rule it a catch. Unless the rule, unless the rule says, I don't, is the rule. So then you agree with the call. I don't know the rule on can fans reach over. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the whole argument. It's but it's, well, there it's, has to be a definitive rule. I just don't it's know. It's supposed it right to now. be. It's basically the invisible plane. So I think that it was crossed. The I think his glove when the his glove hit the fan's hand, they crossed that invisible plane. Okay. So, so then, then you I, would have called it a home run. I would have called it a home run if that's. But the, I, the I think the that's the. So I think what they're saying is that they can't. They can't tell either way if Mookie. If Mookie's glove was over, if the fans' hands are over, or if it's 50-50, I don't, I don't even know what the rule would be there. I think the other – so I, and I think that's, that's kind of where the whole conversation gets left, and people can say, I think it's over, I don't think it's over. I think the other thing that was half interesting is that Joe West makes the call, which Joe West is Joe West is Joe West. We won't do that whole thing. But they were talking after the game how – it's an umpire in New York making the call, and they're saying that even if they were 99% confident, which you think would be one of those things where they would reverse the call, that they still wouldn't do it because it's Joe West and he's one of the lead umpire figures, blah, blah, blah. Do you, I don't is there buy, anything I don't, to that? No, yeah. I don't buy into that at all. And it's, it's, it's tough because I, I was laughing that? pretty good because basically they're saying – uh, Pedro, Gary Sheffield, Jimmy Rollins, the like the after show crew. Oh, so the players are a conspiracy, like they're anti umps all the time. Yeah, and they're I mean they're basically which and that's I think that's what sounds so hilarious about it is that they're asking <laughs> you have umpires rule every part of the game except <laughs> the plays you're gonna have reviewed, you're not gonna have reviewed by an umpire. Um But yeah, I mean it's and I, I think the well, other big thing that I, I hope every sports radio show is ending with 
is Houston can't blame the loss on this. And nobody on their team was. Hinch wasn't. It obviously changes the game drastically. But Houston had a lot of blunders, and they still had their chances. I mean, yes, any team would have loved to have those two runs in the second inning. And it does change how the Red Sox would have pitched and how Houston plays the game and all of it. But um, I I don't know. It, it is what it is. It, it definitely sucks for Houston. And it, it would have sucked for Boston if they called it the other way. Here, here's my, like, final thing on it that I, I would present to, like, a jury about, sure. like, the rules of the MLB. M- M- Mr. Gambini. Did we allow replays and video evidence into the game because we thought we could learn more from that than we can with the human eyes in a split second? The slow-mo right. technology... The human eye in a split second. We thought the slow-mo technology would help get the calls better in close situations, right? That's why we put replay into the game, right? Right. So then in situations where you're not 100% on replay, which has all the evidence and all the views and the better evidence, when you're not 100%, the the result of that is just reverting to the human umpire's eyes which is the whole which were so untrustworthy untrustworthy that we went to replay so now we're gonna like that human umpire eyes we've already said they don't know we have replay in the game because those human eyes can't do it no and it's not the individual person it's just human eyes cannot see what replay can see but then when the replay is not 100 percent, if it's 99 if it's 90 we're going to go back and just say, well, the human eye saw this, even though the human eyes could be 51%. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's part of the problem, but I just, I think, so if you call it a dead ball there and they send it back to New York, I mean... At least, it, you're, at least you have a, a much better case being made with evidence and angles and all that and a professional... A reviewer who has like the rule book in front of him than a guy running 20 feet fat old guy running 20 feet looking up at a little sphere that's moving at 80 miles per hour onto a sea of arms and oh well we can't override it with the slow-mo zoomed in evidence we have so we just have to go to the bobbly fat out of breath running bad human eyes you're 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 absolutely right but i just think for that play, I mean, I just don't think anything would be applicable there. Well, sure. I'm not talking about that but play. Yeah, no, I, I I, think your case is right, but I, I think for this play, it still wouldn't have mattered. It, it it's still gonna come would be people... Da- it's, would... gonna, it's, it's one umpire making a coin flip, whether it's the guy in New York or whether it's country Joe West there. Yes, I agree. On that specific play, because it's so close, whatever, even though I think it went over, but I understand. Yeah. like People would be up in arms either way, but I think on a lot of plays... It, it better to use the guy who has the best evidence than the guy who has the least evidence. Yes, yeah, agree. Okay. All right, let's move on from uh, – that's all for last night's games. There's nothing else, right? So the uh, – uh, No, the, I think – I The I Dodgers are going back to Milwaukee with a chance to win. They just have to win one of the next two games. Oh, and I, I mentioned it earlier. <laughs> Boston-Houston play tonight. Verlander's supposed to pitch, and Boston supposedly has no pitchers, which – Again, you could see wild if if I had a hundred dollars to bet and they were giving me any odds on a on a field player pitching for Boston tonight, I would hammer it. Yeah, 
Because they, they don't have guys, and I think it's this new baseball mentality where Boston's probably going to end up punting this game. That'd be interesting. All right, let's move on to sports or silly. I think, it's just, I think she's just silly today, too. Just silly. Anything goes. Yeah, we got a lot of sports. We're going to keep it a little sillier. We got some news stories. We got some weird questions. That's what this segment usually is going to be. I'll go first, Jake. I got something I want to talk about. Sure. All right. Here's the news story. A British teenager who was trying to become the youngest person to cycle solo around the world had his bike stolen in Australia. And I just feel like you can't do that. Who? Which one? You can't have your bike stolen when you're trying to break a world record that's like two years in the making. How do you not triple chain it? How do you not bring it to your hotel room? Like, this right. is on you, kid. There's probably going to be a GoFundMe. Help him complete the task. And I just want to let it let people know, if you're riding around the entire world on your bike and your bike gets stolen, that's on you. Yeah, I mean, this is... Uh, that I'm... Apparently, as I get older, I'm becoming more conspiracy theory. I'm saying this person ran out of money, and they're doing a GoFundMe approach to it. Like, oh, I just want $5,000 for my bike. And then the news story is like, well, he asked for 5000 and he got $70,000. I'm, I'm going conspiracy theory. Do you th- I think they should make it, like, I think he should work wherever he is. He's in Australia. Go get a job for two months. Because how bike. do you get it stolen? How is that not your top priority? not having your bike stolen like that's that's where i end up landing because you're right there's total logic there you you have to do everything in the world to not have it stolen unless the conspiracy goes the other way and it's like the person whose record (laughs) they're trying to break stole their bike to stop them oh i love that double conspiracy this 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 dude he's like 42 now but in 1980 he rode his bike around the country and he was the youngest person to ever ride his bike around the entire world on a solo mission. He got wind of this steals his bike. He's been tracking him since Papua New Guinea. I like that. Good conspiracy. Yeah. No, no way. I don't see that as a conspiracy. Um, Jim, I think I got something I want to talk about. Interested, ready, prepared. Just a normal story. This happens probably every day across America, but they're just blowing it up today for some reason. But, you know, there's, there was a student at the Da Vinci High School in California, and they, uh, I don't know, grandma passes away. They're sad about it. They're going to bring some cookies into school. So they, um, they put grandma's ashes in the cookies. What's the problem, Jim? I mean, what if grandma's dying wish? What if grandma loved giving people cookies and she wanted to be like, be given as a cookie? I mean, people just need to get off their high horses. You should be happy I'm letting you eat my grandmother. Like, what are you going to... Can I have a cookie? Yeah, but my grandma's ashes are in it, so do you still want it? That shouldn't... Just eat the cookie. Does grandma you, inside these people now? You know pretty well that I have a bad brain. Yeah. Scarecrow. And like, I believe in science, but like, I don't believe they've tested anything or everything. Like, what? Hey, what if Graham eating Grandma's ashes make you a little healthier? You know? You think these people should go to send to a lab now? They didn't want to identify the names of the students who ate the ashes because, like, I mean, that's kind of funny. If you found out that you got slipped something and it was human ashes and you ate it, would do you think that that spirit is now inside of you? 
No, I don't think there's any of that. I mean, I I think the problem where you you and me again are the wrong people to talk about this, but like I wouldn't be phased at all. Yeah, I'd, I'd be like, oh, weird. Initial, didn't, didn't taste like it. <laughs> initial initial reaction is give me another cookie. I'm trying so hard to buy this ice cream that has bugs in it and blood, but Katie won't eat it with me because I think it'd make a funny video. I think people would watch it. So yeah, I'm not phased. I'm not phased by it. And Some isn't things that, I, I don't like taste, but there's a culture out there that loves cookie ashes. Probably in Papua New Guinea. Shout out the cannibals. Yeah. The um, cannibals got told they couldn't eat human flesh anymore, so now they just eat the ashes. Cookie ashes and, and cannibal cultures are probably, like, so soft. That's like drinking Zima. In cannibal culture. Yes. Like... Oh, we're, my grandma died, so we're gonna we're gonna eat her in cookies. And she's like, "Well, why don't you just eat her brain raw?" Yeah. Pussy. Take 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 a shot of whiskey. Don't don't drink Zimas to get over your grandma's death. Just eat her. <laughs> this is Papua New Guinea. <laughs> the Papa G. <laughs> All right, Twitter question of the day, Jake. Are you ready? Yes. This comes from Bombers Beat at Bombers Beat. I don't know their name because they're one of those anonymous accounts, but thank you for engaging in all that. School versus work. Which one is better and which one is worse? This is an interesting question. No, it's not. Because we we both know that Bomber's Beat still has to be in school. Because this is a question you only ask when you're in school. But, okay, but are you thinking of just college? Because think of, like, high school and middle school. Yeah, dude. It depends what job you have. College is hands down better than working. College life is the best life you could possibly ever live. Yes. It's basically camp with your friends. And three hours of the day you have to go to a class. Yeah. If... If you have four hours of classes, that's like a brutal day. In college. The most downtime you could ever have. It's the most downtime you can ever have. Yeah. Like, things... I'm trying... Like, so many bad TV shows. Like, I my your day in college used to be like... My day used to be messed up if I didn't catch, like, an episode of Cash Cab. From like twelve to two, <laughs> our and days like, when we had do- when you were in the dorm, we basically woke up, went to our morning classes. We all met up at the dining hall. It was like ten of us. Got food at the dining hall. Went back to the dorms. Played FIFA two v two FIFA for like two hours. Then we went to some more classes if we had them. By six o'clock on a weekday, no one's got classes anymore. So you're just going back to the dorms, playing more FIFA, sitting around. And then go to sleep at like 1 a.m., wake up and do it again. Senior year, we got drunk Tuesday through Saturday night. Yeah, Tuesdays, Elmer's. Sunday and Monday were off days. Yeah, I did. I didn't do Wednesday till the very end, but you were. I was Tuesday, Elmer's. Wednesday, you guys would go to Pigs, whatever that place was called. Pigs Eye Pub, dollar beers in Hartford. Yeah. 24 ounce dollar beers. Like any beer. Yeah, it's crazy. Like back then, it would be like good beer. Like holy smokes, Blue Moon! You give me twenty four ounce Blue Moons for a dollar. Our schedules on the weekend in college were crazy when we had the house because it was Thursday we went to Elmer's bar night. 
Friday, we went to someone else's party because we weren't dumb enough to have parties on Fridays. Right. Cops would come. And then Saturdays, we'd throw a party. And then Sunday, yeah. we'd sit around and be hungover and watch football and like be like giddy because we're so hungover and laughing all day. College is hands down the best time. It's better than work. Now, I, I will say that like I enjoy what I'm doing now and right. some of the jobs I've had more than high school. Yeah. I, I don't know, dude. I had a blast in high school, but I didn't take anything seriously. <laughs> I, I had a good time in high school as well. I'm just saying, well, actually, you know, I liked California high school better, but I, Pomperog, like 45-minute class, eight of them in the day. Basically, like, each class was a comedy route, like a different, a different crowd to try out my jokes on. That's good. I've, I, I've, got, I've got two closing arguments about the college life, life first work. Uh-huh. In college... If you eat lunch alone, you're almost like freaked out. Like, whoa, what what's happened? Like uh-huh. where where is everyone? When you're working, you like wanna eat lunch alone and like get away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, and my closing argument is you just mentioned hungover Sundays. Those were arguably the most fun. Oh, yeah, Literally they're, they're- just giggling about the past four days of drinking either playing video games or watching sports or doing something else really stupid and now if you're hungover it's like a nightmare can't do or being hungover at work so yeah i'm case closed for me i don't don't, what i don't like about like high school is i i just really hated majority of the teachers and their whole scare tactics, like, this isn't going to fly in college. This isn't going to fly the rest of your life. High school is the only time where teachers, like, that doesn't fly here. Yeah. Those, I, I called those teachers idiots. <laughs> but I, like, I didn't like that. Because like, you know what? There, there would be the other teachers every year. They would say it to their face. Like, literally talking about me in front of them. <laughs> Being like, yeah, that, that, that shtick's not going to cut it in the real world. And then the other half of the teacher would look at them and be like, you know he's going to be fine. Like, he can, he can hold the conversation, which is like 80% of getting through life. Almost anything goes in the real world, and they act like nothing will in high yeah. school. You're uh-huh. like one minute late for class and like detention. It's like, dude, what the fuck is this? This isn't how the world works at all. People are yeah. understanding in the real world. But like high school, like lifestyle, friends and that, because you're forced to be with friends all the time. It's Damn. so weird when you don't have that anymore and you have to make the time to be with friends when for 18 years it was just like, no, I'm just you're forced to be with friends. all the you time. You know what I, I do? I'll throw one thing out there. Like high school is a bad time for a lot of people. Yeah. Like you're going your body's going through a lot of stuff. And like if you're not social and you're trying to figure yourself out and then college- so I guess if, I guess if you figured it out and you end up working where you really want to work, I could I could see that argument easily. Yeah, also, like, there's people like, um, like, okay, this is like a classic stereotype, but like Dungeons and Dragons players. In high sure. school, they probably get picked on and feel like, you know, they're this minority group. And that's like no fun for them in high school. But you go to college and you walk through whatever area those kids hang out in on your college. For us, it was, it was um, what was that place called? By like the cafe 
by the, oh the yeah, bar. yeah yeah i forget like the devil's lounge or something yeah bad. that's where all the kids they hung out and they played like magic the gathering or whatever card game they were playing and they found each other in college and no one bullied them or cared because once you get out of high school yeah. no one really cares all the only people that care are the people that are failing at life everyone else is just doing their own thing so really Damn. my answer is high school i think is is probably the worst, but college is the best. And then work, it all depends on what you do. Obviously, there's so many different ways you can go there. There you go. I think I I'm I'm gonna hit us with a a, a new segment real quick, a little TBT, which we just talked about college a little bit. But J- Jimmy and I were talking about this, and we <laughs> we came in hot before the show, and it reminded us of one of the times we were running hottest ever. And this is so I just said we're we're the guys that enjoyed high school because we were silly and friendly. This, this is a story that if, if you weren't that, you can laugh at that because this is the downside of being those people. So we do a summer trip. We go to the Jersey Shore. This is like just after College. the Jersey Shore TV show was like really cool. A couple years. So, so yeah. we, we, we rent a house. Like we, we somehow get all our guys to do something for the first time ever. Like never did a spring break or anything. So we end up in the Jersey Shore. We get to the house, and it's kind of cool. It, it fits all of our needs, except the owner's staying in the backyard in, like, this little small shack. So we're like, okay, so can't have too much fun. Also, we're staying in one of the few dry towns, so we're not supposed to technically be drinking. Ocean City. <laughs> um, so anyways, so we figure it out that the town next door is, like, the party town. Like, sea, I'd say one of the... Sea Isle. Sea Isle, one of the best, like, to be 20, 20 to 24 in that town is some of the best summer fun you're going to have around the world. I'll say it. Um, just beach party fun. What was the bar um, called? Oh. The, the, the OD, Ocean Drive. Yeah. So we find, this, we find this one bar, and it's, it's just so our speed. You have zombie people in there from a day of beach drinking. You have people in going out clothes. You have people in Jersey clothes. So well, actually, it, it was Jersey Day, and we showed up in our nice clothes. So then the next day, we showed up in tank tops, but realized it was like Jersey Day was just a day. So we were off. Yeah, both we times. we had it off, but still, we had a blast. We got made fun of by the bouncers. We had so much fun and like super treat, cheap drinks. And the best part was every day there used to be one of those planes that would come over with one of the advertisings that tailed it so it'd be like 4 p.m you're just getting tired from the beach and then the plane would come by with tonight's deals and it would be buy one get one or whatever it would be so and it was just like you were tired you'd get this boost of energy and be like let's go so the plane comes by one day and we're all jazzed up we're scratching ourselves like dogs what's the deal what's the deal and it says it's quarter night and we're like, yes. Yeah. So we, we'd only seen quarter night before from Yukon, where you could buy a pitcher of beer for a quarter. Or nickel night, actually. Um, so we're talking ourselves up. So they said every drink. So we're like, okay. We're, we're a bunch of idiots trying to come up with what does this possibly mean? It was you call it. It's called you call it. it was you call it. Yeah. yeah. You call it. So we're like, you call it. You call it. So we're like, okay, this must be. Okay. So they probably have like you flip a quarter and if, if you call it heads or tails, you get the drink for a quarter. If not, you pay full price. And we're like, that gives us the most excitement we've probably ever had in the world. I think it was like $2, you call it. So we figured it was a quarter if you got it right, 
$2 if you got it wrong. We're going nuts. We're pre-gaming hard. We pull up to the plays actually pretty early because we're like, these are cheap drinks for us, so let, let's do it. So we roll in there, and our buddy, who's one of the most timid, nervous, funny people you'll run into, he goes up to the bar first, and he goes, uh, you know, uh, Red, Red Bull Vodka. And all excited. We're all standing behind him. Literally like eight guys like bouncing our shoulders like, here we go, here we go, it's happening. And so the guy gives him the drink. And he's just staring at the rest of us. And so I literally think one of us goes, all right, so do we flip the quarter now or what do we do next? And the guy goes, no, it's $2 you call it. That just means every drink is $2. Our eyes just open and we stare at everyone like, a, this is incredible news. B, I, how stupid are we? Well, what happened was Ken went up there and was like, can I get, um, he goes, can I get two you call it? And the bartender looked at him. He's like, okay. And then Ken goes, okay, flip the, you're going to flip the coin? He's like, what do you want, dude? And we realized <laughs> that's how it happened. Ken was like, oh, you call it. He was waiting for him to flip the coin so he could call the heads or tails. And then the guy was like, what do you want? Just tell me what you want. We're like, oh, it's not a fun game at all. We're a bunch of dumb idiots. OD is also why I don't drink Red Bull Vodka anymore because it was dollar Red Bull Vodka. That sucked. But all right, that's the end of John Boy and Jake Radio today. Thank you guys for listening. If you're listening to these test shows or you went back and listened to the test shows, it's been a fun time. We will not have a test show on Friday, but we will be back Monday, and hopefully we're live on all the podcast apps. That's the end of the show. Thank you very much. Thursday, Thursday, we're out. See ya. Say bye, Jake.